I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Kate. I'm the pastor here and so excited to have such a big crowd uh, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Having a big crowd last week makes a lot of sense for consecration, but I appreciate uh, y'all coming out on a holiday weekend and coming to worship with us. If you have traveled uh, to be with family for Thanksgiving, we're grateful to have you. If you're new in this community or new to us, we're grateful to have you. Uh, we want to make sure that you feel welcome here. There's all kinds, everything you need is in the um, um, pew right before you, the hymn, uh, hymnal and the Bible and cards that we'll mention in our announcements. We like to frame our announcements into five practices of fruitful congregations. So if you'll turn your bulletin open to the section that says radical hospitality. You'll see some things in that that uh, are not verbal. Um, but we want to make sure that you take that home with you, have it on your refrigerator so you know things that are coming up between now and the end of the year. First of all, we have visitor cards and prayer cards in your pew. If you want to give us any uh, information to contact you, we'll be happy to do so this week in the form that you give us. And we have prayer cards if you would like to participate in the prayer life of our congregation. We have a Tuesday prayer group that prays faithfully every Tuesday morning. If you would like to share a concern with them, you can fill out a card and place it in the offering plate. And it will be shared with our staff and with the Tuesday prayer group. And also on the front of every bulletin is uh, the phone number, the pastoral care line. That's 24-7. We don't, you don't get a um, phone call. You get a um, voicemail. If you leave a message, we'll immediately get an email. If it's a prayer concern, just say so and we'll share it. If it's an emergency pastoral care need, say so. And we'll get there as quickly as we possibly can. Uh, Supper at 6 is coming up on December 6th and we have a big announcement for that. Um, if you remember uh, Brett and Casey Hovis cooking for us in the past before they went to Texas. Uh, Brett now is back and set their family's settled, and he's looking to do that again. And so Brett and Casey are going to be providing all of our food for, the, for our meals unless we say otherwise, and that starts December 6th. Uh, so um, you'll see the changes for that in the bulletin and the menu items, and he gave us an amazing menu of things that we can have, including uh, one of them is tailgate. That was my favorite menu option, uh, tailgate food. Uh, they'll be making uh, Advent wreaths and kits are $12, so it'll be the cost of your meal, uh, the people that are joining you, and the cost of the kit if you'd like to make an Advent wreath. It's uh, fun, it's informative, it's messy. Uh, they have a great time, so I encourage you to sign up for that. The attendance register goes past you. If it's already gone past you, just ask for it again. You can put your name and the number of people attending uh, for the meal and the number of wreaths that you would like, and that is you signing up and your done. Uh, we believe in passionate worship, and today we have a unique uh, meeting directly following worship. We're talking about sanctuary the chancel renovations. Um, the choir has grown uh, to beyond the capacity of that space, which is tremendous, and so we've uh, found a solution after months of searching to uh, increase the space while maintaining the original beauty of this space. So um, I'm going to um, give the benediction and probably won't go out to shake hands, I'll just say, um, go forth. And anyone who doesn't want to go forth and wants to, um, I, I've clearly thought this through um, for many hours before. 
Um, anyone that would like to stay for the meeting, you'll just come up closer, if you will. Uh, we'll have microphones so that you hear exactly what we're going to do and um, give you a chance to ask us questions. You have poinsettia order forms in your bulletin, and we have a baptism today of Colin Reed Saunders. We're grateful uh, for both sides of the family uh, joining us today from uh, Virginia and Louisiana. And we have a new practice that Aaron has brought to us where we have uh, part of the bulletin where you can put a message to the family. Don't be intimidated by it. You don't have to say uh, the most um, faithful, fruitful, godly words that have ever been written, and you think, well, I don't know if I can do that. Just write something friendly. Write anything that you like, and we'll make sure we share it with the family. We believe in intentional faith development, and this is one of those Sundays where we laugh about, um, but today we're off. Um, we don't have programming tonight uh, because of the holiday break in Greenville County Schools. We believe in risk-taking mission and service. And you have the angel tree in the back of this service and also the 9 o'clock. They're nearly empty, uh, which is tremendous. That's a um, great um, uh, commitment on your part to help those families. If you see one, you'd like to take it. If you want more, I bet Candace Phillips, Phillips can get us more. Uh, the Thanksgiving boxes were amazing last week. We got them out very quickly. And um, we were on the news uh, early in the week on CBS for that project, which was great. We believe in extravagant generosity. Uh, we had Consecration Sunday last week. It was an amazing week. We appreciate your response. If you need to um, fill out a pledge card, you can contact the church office and we'll help you. We've got in the pews for weeks to come through the end of the year um, printed surveys for your interest in volunteering. There'll be a digital version in the email uh, through the end of the year. So if you want to do it digitally, just look for that link. If you'd like to fill out a form, you'll see them on the end of every pew uh, for the coming weeks and you can fill that out and just leave it in the pew and we will um, get it. So I believe that's all of our announcements. That's plenty. Thank you for joining us. If you'll stand and join us for our first hymn, number 694.
Let us now affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From then she shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Our first scripture reading for today is from the book of Psalm, chapter 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God, that he is who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I want you to turn to page 39 in your hymnal. Many times in our services we have a family join the church, and many times we have a baptism. Uh, we don't often have a great joy, which is joining the church and baptism. And so a number of the um, commitments that you're a part of as the congregation to respond and support those that are making a promise are similar in the two covenants. And so we're going to mix and match them both. And I need you um, just to pay attention to me, and I'll tell you what page to be on, and we'll shift back and forth. Today, Marshall and Jenny Saunders join the church today, and Colin Reed will be baptized. They're neighbors of uh, Terry and Diane Arthur, and invited them to come, and they've come and um, want to join today. And I'm grateful for that. But first, we'll have a baptismal covenant. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. I present Colin Reed Saunders for baptism. Y'all come forward. On behalf of the whole church, I ask you both, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? Passy. 
<laughs> you confess Jesus Christ as you... I'm sorry. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? We do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in His grace, and promise to serve Him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? We do. We nurture this child in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example he may be guided to accept God's grace for himself, to profess his faith openly, and to lead a Christian life. Thank you. Congregation, we now turn to you. Do you as Christ's body re reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? Will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include this child now before you in your care? Significant as a congregation pledging, you parents are not on your own. As you come on this campus, we're supporting you in every way possible with the way that we connect to you in worship, in the nursery, in Sunday school, wherever it may be, we're all promising that. Please join me now in the thanksgiving over the water. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Tell of God's mercy each day. In the fullness of time you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He, call, he called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Declare his works to the nations, his glory among all the people. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and he who receives it to wash away his sin and clothe him in righteousness throughout his life, that dying and being raised with Christ, he may share in his final victory. All praise to you, Eternal Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen. I love the variety of our baptisms because the last time I had a baptism, it was a four-year-old who sat there and played with the water with me and we talked about it. <laughs> Colin Reed, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Say hey. That's important. You say, hey. In the United Methodist Church, we baptize infants 
because we acknowledge the fact that God loves us before we ever did a single thing. We acknowledge the fact that this community helps us learn and share this love in every way possible before we understand it. And so, Colin, one day we'll understand it. But today, all he needs to know is that all of us are trying our best to understand God's love and that we're going to try our best to surround him with it. Let's see. Yeah. If y'all will, and you can come too, Aaron. Let's place our hands. <laughs> Colin Reed, the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, turn back to page 38. I'll ask y'all, as members of Christ's universal church, will you be loyal to the United Methodist Church and do all in your power to strengthen its ministries? As members of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries? Um, and do y'all have witness there? Remember when we scratched it out? A lot of us are adding, if you don't have witness on page 38 in your part, we're going to add it. Will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? If y'all look at number 16. Members of the household of God, I commend these persons to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. We give thanks for all that God has already given you. And we welcome you in Christian love as members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. The God of all grace who has called us to eternal glory in Christ establish you and strengthen you by the power of the Holy Spirit that you may live in grace and peace. Welcome. Welcome. You want me to have a seat? I'm the one that started the tradition, and they always have to remind me of the tradition. If y'all turn to page 611, and we're going to remain seated and sing verses 1 and 3.
Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this moment in time in which we may gather together insulated from a number of things that cause us to be scattered. We've traveled, we've hosted, we've thought about what's coming in the week to come and our minds race. As we consider the things we're doing in December, our minds race faster. As we consider our to-do list, as we consider what you're asking us to do, our minds race faster. Calm us, Lord. Quiet us in this space that we can hear your word for us this day. In the gratitude of the verses that we sing, in the passion that we pray, in the commitments that we've already made, in the scripture that we read, in the proclamation, help us, Lord, to hear the significance of your presence amongst us and of a very simple call to action that you have given us. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's now time for our offering. And you can give as the plate goes by, or you could give electronically with instructions in the bulletin.
Please be seated. Our scripture passage begins with Matthew 25, starting with verse 31. And you can find it on page 1542 in your pew Bible, if you'd like to follow along. Page 1542. And I'll read different parts of it, um, different parts of the sermon, so if you'd like to follow along, if you'll keep it open. So if you have that said, if you'll just hold it, and I want you to consider an image. Thanksgiving gatherings. Christmas gatherings. In these instances, some of you have your whole tree in this area, and you see them fairly often. Some of you have your whole tree in this area, and you don't get to see them as often as you would like. Some of you, like me, your tree is scattered throughout the state, and then some of you, it's scattered throughout the United States. That means in the limited times that we gather together, you have conversation with people that you don't normally have conversation with, although they are related to you, so you'd figure there's a connection. The trouble is, if you can't remember any connection or you don't have a connection, and you're grasping straws in order to connect to something with them. It might be a sports team. It might be a job, it might be their travel, whatever it may be, there's conversation that you've got to generate that occasionally leads to you saying something that everybody else knows but you don't about that person. You go, oh, and your spouse looks at you and goes, whatever it is, and you're like, what? Didn't know. Apprehension is the word I want you to think about. The concern of creating conversation with a person that you don't normally have conversation with, even though you're related. Think about a child in these situations. Think about a grandchild in, this situ in these situations that you don't often see, and the child comes up the sidewalk from the street, or comes in the house, comes in the front door, and you bend down and you say, hey, what's up? What does the child do? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And they get down below the person's leg. Right? They get behind their loved one's leg and they may stay behind that loved one's leg for a while. Or perhaps they've got them up in their arms and you, they try to hand the child to you. Mm -mm. No, that's when they turn into some sort of amorphous deal that can twist and turn and completely reject that handing over. It's apprehension that something bad could happen. I could say something wrong. They could ask me to do something. The child may not want to go to you. And of course, that dynamic shifts. When the child becomes a teenager, then all of a sudden, it's the adult that's intimidated by the teenager. And what to say and want to make sure that, I don't know, I say something cool. I don't know what that would be. So I've got no hope. So I've got to say something to you. It's all related to apprehension that something bad could happen. And it's amazing how quickly that can happen to us in whatever situation we may be. And so with that in mind, with that image in mind, we're going to go to the text for today. Matthew chapter 25, starting with verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with them, He will sit on His throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. 
He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So a couple things. We're near the end of this gospel. That means we're near the end of Jesus' time with his disciples and followers. That means they're starting to wonder what's going to happen after this. And Jesus gives them an illustration, not a reality. This isn't history. This is an illustration to help people in that time understand a significant concept, which is service, which is justice, which is mercy. But the thing he talks about is majesty. What do you think of when you think of majesty? We don't have royals in this country, but we've watched royals, we've studied royals, we read about them in school. You want to make sure that you have the nicest things. You want to make sure that you have the nicest space. You want to make sure, if potentially, that you have the most intimidating space so that when foreign leaders are coming into your space, they're intimidated by it and are more inclined to give you the things that you're asking for. There's nothing majestic about the way Jesus operated. In about four weeks, we'll read about his birth. We'll read about his parents who had no influence and were forced to travel because the emperor of the day decided, you know what, I want to know exactly how many people there are. And I want to know exactly how many people there are because I want to tax all of them to the maximum possible capability of us taxing them. So two people with no power on the road, one of which is very pregnant, travel to a place in which they don't have a room and they then give birth to a son amongst animals. Nothing majestic about that. Nothing majestic about the people Jesus associates with. He intentionally seeks people who have nothing to do with the synagogue, nothing to do with religion, nothing to do with society. They are excluded. And he calls those people into significant leadership positions. And followers and detractors alike wonder, who in the world is this? And who is he calling? And if he's supposed to be the son of God, why is he not more majestic? Why is he not more royal? Why is he not more dignified? Why didn't he follow our rules? But in verse 25, he says, in the future... I will be on a throne in which all the nations will gather. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying comical might not be the best word, but his own nation wants nothing to do with him. And the conquered nation that has conquered his nation, they want nothing to do with him as long as he doesn't, they don't, he doesn't mess with their taxes, which he has already done. So both his nation and the foreign nation want nothing to do with him and just prefer he go away. In that exact moment, he says, there'll be a time when I return and I'll be a king among kings. Now, I, I just I can't imagine what people thought when they heard that in that moment. But I tell you what, one thing they may have thought is, finally, that was the thing they wanted from a Messiah in the first place. Somebody who's going to take control, who's going to get a sword, and like any action movie that's out there, especially coming out at Christmas, is going to defeat anyone in the way like David defeated Goliath and we'll be in charge. We will have the authority. We will have the power. So as soon as he gives that image, 
that would give them that sense that they no longer would have to fight, no longer would be on the edges, no longer would be occupied. He says, and as king, I'm going to be like a shepherd. Shepherds aren't powerful. Shepherds aren't authoritative. And as a shepherd, I'm going to separate. Half the people go here, half the people go here. And that's the root of me talking about apprehension. If I told you, okay, we're going to number off. One, two, 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 one, two. One's over here, two's over here. And I said, all right, let's do it. <laughs> Would you all do it? Maybe. 50-50. Because he's the minister, I guess. And we're in the worship service, I guess. But that's insane. And then I say, okay. Um, one side is accepted and one side is not. What would happen to your blood pressure? What, what would happen to your anxiety level? See, everything we try to do as a staff and as a volunteer leadership is make it so that you feel comfort as you come in every place. That as you come from the street, it's beautiful. As you come in the space, we've got security for your children. As your children go to their space, we've got leaders who are there in sweet, happy spaces. As you come into the 9 o'clock worship space, we have donuts. As you come in this space, it's beautiful. Everything that you would want from the service that you're in, hopefully you have comfort. But that would cause deep anxiety and apprehension. And when I take youth away from this campus and take them to Asbury Hills or I take them to Lake Junaluska for events that, that are designed to elevate their belief and faith, the number one thing they do right off the bat, those leaders in those places, divide them up. And the kids go, mm. and of course the adults who don't have to be divided up are like, yeah, go on and do it. And then they say, and adults, we're going to divide you up too. And you go, what? Excuse me? No, no, no. They told me I just had to be here. They told me I just had to drive the bus. I don't even have to do anything. No, you're going to be divided up. You're going to be with some other people too. And we're going to play a game where we stand on a string and you might look real stupid in public. And you think, mm -mm. and if you could hide behind somebody's leg, you would. It's just not socially acceptable to do so as an adult. But the same thought, the same image, the same purpose. He says the shepherd is going to separate. Verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. You took care of me. Is what he says. It's not complicated. And you say, well, boy, what am I supposed to do as a Christian? Do I have to know all the things? Do I, do I have to know this whole thing? Do I have to sing all of these? Do I have to be able to pray in public? What do I have to do in order to be in this crowd and in order to be a Christian? 
He says, you took care of me. That's the defining aspect that he describes to these people in this image. You took care of me. I was hungry. I was thirsty. I was in prison. I was separated. I was broken. I was tired. I had nothing. I was isolated. And you reached out to me. You know, if I've done this, I know you've done this. You think you want to reach out to a person and say, I don't know what to say. I may see something real stupid. I don't know what to say to someone when they come in the door. I don't know if they've been here 35 years or it's their first day. I don't know what to say to someone at a meal. All of a sudden we're sitting beside each other. It's not complicated. Curious questions that make sure that they understand that you care that they're here and that you want to help them. What does it mean to people who get a phone call, a text, or an email? I was simply thinking about you. He said, you cared for me. That's a king saying that. The king in this story is identifying with the most broken people in their community. Does that happen very often? Hmm. Forget Republican and Democrat. Forget our current president. Forget our past president, future presidents. It's not about a person. It's about the office. What do they say about the president of the United States when they're about to be elected? What do they say in the presidential primaries? This is going to be the most, what? Powerful person in the world. This will be the most powerful person in the world and can we trust that person with that power? Imagine this story and imagine this leader saying the way that you reach out to me is by reaching out to the weakest, the broken, those in prison, those are hungry, those are thirsty. It's not complicated. If you reach out to those people, you are reaching out to me. So the times when we're getting the angel tree and the times we're doing the Thanksgiving boxes and the times we're um, collecting for a particular offering or we're supporting Greer Relief or Greer Community Ministries or now the new step house that's supporting families in there picking themselves up. These are instances in which we are serving in the name of Jesus Christ. So you might say to yourself, I'm not all that majestic. Guess what? I'm not all that majestic. Did y'all know that before I said it? I don't speak in royal languages. I don't wear complicated clothes. I don't fancy myself as a deep scholar of many subjects. I say lots of real awkward things in social gatherings. I'll mix people up. I say things that my children hear in worship and then pull it out on Tuesday and they say, hey, remember what you said on Sunday? Remember what you said? Lots of flaws, lots of brokenness, not very majestic. The good news is, I don't have to be Jesus. Don't have to be. Neither do you. We are not Jesus when we are serving other people. According to this text, we are serving Jesus when we serve other people. 
in our fatigue, in our confusion, in our brokenness, as we are helping other people, we are serving Jesus himself. He says it right here. It's significant. He took care of me. I want you to hear a quote from Thomas Stegman uh, in connection to this text. He says, This is a statement about God. The God of Jesus, the God of the Bible, is not a remote supreme being on a throne up there above the clouds or out there somewhere in the mysterious reaches of the universe. Jesus said God is here, particularly in your neighbor, the one who needs you. You want to see the face of God, look into the face of one of the least of these, the vulnerable, the weak, the children. Verse 37 is the response of those who hear this. This is still a story. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go out to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. So if I had brothers and sisters, people across the boardroom table, people across the kitchen table, people across the pew, people across the aisle, people in the 9 o'clock, people in the 11 o'clock, people in your Sunday school class, people in your neighborhood. He says, these are my brothers and sisters, and what you do for them, you do for me. And for the sake of time, I'll tell you, after 41, he'll say, and these, those of you who didn't do it. And they say, well, I didn't see you out there. If I'd seen you, I would have known to do it. Kind of like the health inspector coming in and cleaning off a bunch of sinks. Our sinks are really clean. Right? Mm -mm. No, it's not about making sure that when you come in the door, we do this. It's about making sure that we serve whether you're looking or not. So our apprehension that something bad will happen when something that we do in trying to serve can cause us to be the equivalent of hiding behind a leg. I'll just tell you, you don't have to be majestic. I don't have to be majestic. The people you're serving are not majestic. We're simply serving one another in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You will stand as you're able and join us for our final hymn, number 62.
all for coming. Thank you to those who helped us have this service and lead this service. We have a unique ending to the service today. If you would like to, I'm going to let you all take pictures. And if you all would like to hear what's going to happen with the chancel, if you'll come on this side and I guess sit on this edge so that you can see. And I'll um, briefly greet people that are going to just go on uh, with their week. Uh, go in peace with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Go with you all. Amen.